So. You do stand up to cut loose. I do stand up to have fun and make sure I don't drive into oncoming traffic. <laughs>
Man, what if that guy were still alive? How great would that be? Man! Nirvana was such a great band. You know? I don't know. Imagine the world with Nirvana in 2019. Those were... Those were musicians from the heart, man. They cared about their their band and their music. And you can tell they cared about it, man, because it's so good. Everything, everything they do, man, everything, like all the albums were great. I think there were only like three, wasn't there? Three or four. But uh, never heard a Nirvana tune I didn't like, you know? Same with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like I, I like all their stuff too. The Hip. There's a lot of great bands out there, man. But uh, Nirvana was unique, weren't they? Yeah, I remember. I remember hearing them in high school and enjoying their music. I was more of a hip-hop guy, but... Uh, yeah, music uh, is something that I enjoy from time to time. So I like to play some music on this show just to, uh, I don't know, break it up a bit. Welcome to Birchwood Podcast. My name is Shane Ogden. I am a father, husband, electrician, comedian, show producer, and uh, homo sapien. Uh, yeah. Human being. I'm trying to be uh trying to be present at this very moment. I am overlooking St. John. Uh, I'm on the west side of St. John overlooking uh a Walmart <laughs> and a community. And I can almost see a home hardware. So that's exciting. I've just been so busy <clears throat> with the move. We we are moved now. We are Grand Bay Tians Tonians Grand Bay people. <laughs> we live in the town of Grand Bay Westfield. Yes. I'm from Grand Bay originally, but they amalgamated back sometime in the nineties maybe. And they wanted to include both Grand Bay and Westfield together so they could get more tax revenue. They became a town, but they used to be villages. The village of Grand Bay and the village of Westfield. They used to be separate villages. Man, how crazy is that? I came from a village. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't have to go get some water for my village, you know? Like a little clay pot. I carry that on my head. Go get some nice water for the villagers. Man, that, that we could have been villagers, but they had to go ahead. They had got greedy and they wanted that money. So now it's a township. The town of Grand Bay Westfield. So no more villagers. We just got town people. <clears throat> Village kind of implies community, doesn't it? And I find that we're talking to each other less and less, you know. 
I, I just bust out the hellos all the time, you know, if I'm at a Walmart or something. And uh, I see somebody, I'll open the door for them and I'll say, come on in, you know, or uh, I'll say hello to somebody if they make eye contact with me. And uh, something that you should know about 2019, nobody likes that. (laughs) Nobody wants you to say hello. They don't want you to say hi. Hi there. How you doing? No, no deal. No dice. They don't like the kindness because they're suspect. Or they're busy. You know, people become so immersed in social media that they're not present in their everyday lives. This is not breaking news. You can tell there's a lot of news stories about that and a lot of people talking about that. And it's true. We're not present in our everyday lives. You know, when somebody asks me how I'm doing because they like usually if somebody says, how you doing? They just want to get on with their day. I shut them right down. I started with a conversation and they are not accepting of it or appreciate it. They do not appreciate it. You know, they'll say something like, uh, oh, how you doing? And I'll say, oh, not bad, brother. How are you? Or I'll say, oh, just getting by. Or I'll say, um. What is that other thing I say? Oh my God, I'm so tired. When people say, how how are you doing? I say, uh, one day at a time, brother, one day at a time. I tried two at once and they didn't fit. And it makes them smile. You know, makes them laugh. Some people roll their eyes. Or somebody, somebody who almost bumped into me the other day said, sorry. And I said, oh, don't be sorry. Life's too short. And they, they laughed. It made their day better. So, man, I'm breaking free, you know, um, I'm trying to be friendly to people and I'm trying to engage people and be present with people around me. And I I think it makes the world a better place. I think you should do that. I think you should put that on your to-do list. Do you have a to-do list? I I find a, a list helps me stay organized, man. I love lists. You know, and they're very helpful for me lately because I have a lot going on right now and I don't, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. It's not really important, you know, when you think about the things in your life that are really important, what do you think about? For me, I think about, you know, my wife and my kids, my dogs Isn't it crazy how, like, you know, you never think of it. You know, my kids, like, I'll say, I love you, Ella, you know, or I love you, Casey. And they'll say, I love you, too. But my little girl, Ella, she'll ask, who do you love more? And I say that, you know, what all parents have to say, which is, I love you both equally. But, you know, then it came down to the dogs, and I pay a lot of attention to our uh, our white chubby dog, Taz. He's an older dog. And he's more playful. And uh, I really love him. I've talked about him before. And then the other dog, Sparkle, I don't, I don't connect with her very much. She's a different kind of dog. You know, she's not quite as playful as Taz. 
But my daughter asked me, who do you love more? And I said, Taz. <laughs> I just shrugged my shoulder. And then she gets really upset with me. You know, she's like, you can't love, you have to love them equally. And I said, well, I, I just don't. I don't. I like Taz better. Isn't it funny how, and then we got into a conversation about who do you love more, me or Taz? I said, of course you, you know. I feel like my daughter Ella is the love police. She's got to know what amounts people love each other. But I never say to the moon and back, because too many parents have said that. I just say more than you could ever imagine, which is true. Man, when you have kids, uh, yeah, you really know what love is. Man, you could walk away from a 40-year marriage, but you can't walk away from a kid that, that looks up to you and cares about you and, you know, makes you feel needed. You know, it's it's a weird thing to think about. But that's where my brain goes, you know. It goes into weird places. It makes me think about things, and here I am thinking about it. You know, who do you love more? What do you love more? What do you value? Man, I think I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is time. How do you spend your time? You know, my friend said once, how you feel is everything. And I think that's true. I think that's absolutely paramount. The most important thing is how you feel. Now, I've started asking my kids, how you feel? How do you feel? You feel good? Do you feel happy? Are you happy? You know, check in with yourself. Check in with a loved one. Man, how, you, how are you feeling today? You feeling good? Some mornings I wake up, I feel great, you know? Some mornings I wake up and I think, oh man, I can't wait to get to work, you know, and see the people I work with and have a cup of coffee, get my day started. We install these uh, generators and heat pumps and different things, right? And every job is a little bit different. You know, maybe I'm going to be crawling through an attic, you know, maybe I'm going to be burying some direct burial wire in the ground. Maybe I'm going to be Bending some PVC pipe, you know. It's just like uh, Lego for adults. How am I putting this together? How am I going to do this job? It's pretty fun. And it pays the bills, which I like. I like my job. I value my job. You know, I care about it. It affords my family a nice life. I'm very fortunate. I have a very loving wife. You know, my fika my fika cramped up the other day, and she just squeezed my feet just for just for two three minutes. And I I I asked her to stop, you know, because I value her time. I don't take more than I need. Never have. Just enough. Yeah. I mean, there was a day when uh, the work vehicles were too full and 
my boss wanted to give me a tank of gas. And it, but it wasn't very far that I went. And it was on my way home anyway. So I said, no, man, that's, that's okay. I don't want it. He said, what? No, no. Like, I, this is what I do. I fill people's tanks when, you know. I said, no, I was on my way home anyway. That, that was the job was in that direction. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come to you when I need something, man. You know? I wasn't sucking up to my boss or nothing like that. I was just trying to be a good person, you know? So my business partner, Julie Tower, says she has some exciting news about Chuckles Comedy Club. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I feel like a kid at Christmas time. <laughs> I'm just waiting, waiting to hear what this big news is. Oh, man. So many things happening. My kids are back in school. Back to school for the children's. Take a sip of my coffee. Yeah, my kids are back to school, man. Sharpen the pencils, you know. They got new pants, new hoodies, new shoes, you know, all the things. A new five-star notebook thing. <laughs> it's a zip-up binder thing. Yeah. Oh, I bought that and gave it to my son, man. I said, here you go. He just wanted something, so I bought it for him. He needs it for school. Man, it's funny how things have changed so much. When I went to school, you know, it was just always those Hillroy notebooks. And we got all different color ones. Yellow ones. Rose color ones, you know. There was even a weird, like, whitish yellow one for music. And you would draw the notes in. It's funny things you remember. Things you pass by your memory and things that stick with you, you know. I wonder, you know, speaking of value, I was thinking, what about school, man? What, you know, did that do anything for us? How much did you value your high school education? I heard of somebody was going back and get your, getting their GED recently, and that, that's great to hear, you know? Want to improve their life. I feel like I have been making progress lately with mastering my feelings, my emotions, and my temperament. I think is much better. I think having a job and working full time is really good for the for the body and the mind. It it gives you purpose and it tires you out so you sleep at night, you know. When I didn't have a job, I would just be up all night worrying about things and that doesn't happen so much anymore. So that's good. I'm trying to list all the good things in my life. I'm trying to see things from a, a positive perspective. Ah, oh man, this morning I got an I got a cramp right now. Ah, I don't think I'm drinking enough water or something, man. Last night 
I woke up with horrible leg cramps. You ever get one of those? Right on my inner thigh, man. It just locked up. And I was like flopping on my bed like a fish on land. <laughs> get me back in the water. <laughs> Help me. Help my leg work, please. <laughs> Make my leg work again. Oh, man, the pain. And then I, I was... I woke up and I felt okay. And then I sat up in bed. And when I put my legs down on the floor, the pain started back again when it was time to get up this morning. I was almost late for work, man, because I had to walk up and down the hallway for 15 minutes trying to get my leg to work again. You know, I guess I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm 43, but I feel, feel like I'm 100 in my legs, man. So yeah, I got really cramped up and it really hurt and then it just let go barely enough so I could get my socks on and put my clothes on and got my boots and got out the door this morning. It is Friday, September 6th and you are listening to Birchwood Podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing with a friend. Thank you for checking out our Facebook page, Birchwood Podcast. And also, if you want to email the show, I would love to read your letters. It's uh, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Really easy to remember. And please do that. Tell me where you're listening from. I've been seeing the listenership steadily increase. Uh, this is broadcast from St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. And I'm glad you're listening. So, you know, just take that into account. When you're listening to this show, I am glad you're listening to it. And I want to know about you, man. I want to know about my audience. So so I encourage you to email the podcast. Once again, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. So that's it. We're moved in. Um... Uh, let me see. I, I want to read you the name. Mersro Road. Man, that does not have a catchy ring to it, does it? Welcome to Mersro Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Ogden. No, it doesn't sound the same at all. It will remain the Birchwood Podcast. I left my heart in that white trash trailer. And now you're here with me, and I'm on... Mersro Road <laughs> in beautiful Grand Bay, New Brunswick, Canada. Wow. Wonderful. All right. So in this episode, I talked to two comedians. Um, okay. So first of all, let me start with my friend, Corey. Corey, I've known for a long time. Uh, he lives in Fredericton. I live in St. John. Those cities are about an hour away, an hour and a half, maybe. Probably more like an hour. Anyway, the point is, because he's in a different city, even though it's an hour away, you know, they have open mics in that city, so I don't see him a lot. But it's always great to see him. And it's always great to talk to him. And I was interested in his story, um... Well, not that I got his full story, but I was interested in the conversation we had because he was telling me that he is very interested in science, which I had no idea. Um, 
and he's, he's very positive person like he's always looking at the good in things so very pleasant conversation with Corey, also very funny comedian and then uh a new guy just starting out from saint john um god how can i describe this guy well he's the longtime boyfriend of one of my very dear friends um and this guy he was in a He's been in bands, you know, he's a musician. And right now he's transitioning into comedy. And how could I describe Rudy? Rudy is a very unique individual. I've never met anyone like him. Uh, Rudy is kind. I don't think Rudy pays attention to how other people act or... You know, like the social aspect of Rudy is is very different. But he's very kind. He's thoughtful. Um, very funny guy. And it was a pleasure talking to him. So you're going to hear two interviews. One is with my friend Corey Hartland. And one is with my new friend, Rudy Windsor. I hope you enjoy this episode. I'll talk to you next week. Folks, make some noise for Mr. Corey Hartland. You got cleaned up and you left your fucking house. It's amazing. My name is Corey Harlan. I am a born and bred Miramichir. You have to enunciate the and. When you say that when you're from the Miramichir, it's, um, I'm a first generation Miramichir though, so I'm uh, all the intensity and crazy with about 40% less inbreeding. So uh, when you grow up there, it gets weird. Crazy sister. Like, you know how me and you, me and you have ancestors, right? You go 20 minutes outside of the machine. those fuckers have incestors. That's... Yeah, go ahead. Okay, good. Go ahead. Hey, you're Corey Hartland. I am. I am. <laughs> We've known each other for a number of years. I am, man. I yeah. know a lot yeah, to you, brother. This is a Birchwood podcast. This awesome. is my, my passion hobby. Yep. Yeah. I, do you have a passion hobby? I do. I do. Uh, and I will never fucking tell you. Physics. Yeah. Oh, science. Science and physics. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm wow. a nerd. Really? And I, I do this to cut loose. What? <laughs> so you do stand up to cut loose? I do stand up to have fun and make sure I don't drive into oncoming traffic. That's <laughs> so you, you think as a scientist you would do that? Like, or, well, or your, your your marketing well, job? Well, well, well. No, How many jobs do you have? Well, I've had a lot the last couple of years. <laughs> I just got a new one nice. in the middle of July, and it's and it's a pile of fun. Really smart people uh, doing weird, wacky you know, shit. And, uh, that's and, exciting. And, it, and it's ball. And they're looking to invest in the province, which is even better, right? Oh, wow. So, so. companies from the U.S., you know, and they, they look at our region and they look at New Brunswick and St. John and Moncton and Fredericton and go, geez, there's all kinds of software companies here. You guys have done this before. You guys have grown software companies and sold them for millions and millions of dollars. We should make a home here. So Great, you, you you described your job to me as someone who would um, be in an advertising and marketing kind of area and you would connect those two. What happens a lot of time in software is that it can be pretty weird. So your marketing team might not fully understand the technology 
and sales might not fully understand the technology. Sales wants to sell, marketers want to market, and product guys want to build cool shit. And sometimes you need somebody to come in and help translate the language from what did we build to who needs it and why and what's the value for that buyer so that the marketing team knows how to go ahead and, and market the product appropriately and then sales will have the information so that they understand the value to the customer so they can sell it. So the advertising guys are really interested to know what the product guys had in mind when they made yeah. this and every aspect of it so that they can do their job. That's right. And, and but they don't always communicate well. So no, you're, you're no. the, you're and, the and, middle and, guy. And there's also that, that side effect of like, well, we really built our product for this, but we had no idea that our customers would use it this way and do this other thing. Oops, so, and you're already two, already 10 weeks into an well, advertising I mean, campaign that's, that's for a, a different... Bonus, right? Right. Because when you find out that your technology is being used in a way that you know it may not have originally been intended, that's a great marketing opportunity. You're so, like, I found a whole new group of people to sell this to because they didn't know it could be used that way. So, so then so, you have another opportunity for another advertising launch. Yeah. Right, yeah. and you kind of are following up the original idea. That's right. But now you thought it was that you know good for that. Now check this out; it's even great for this. Well, it's the whole value. Listen to your customers, right? That's yeah. one thing that you and Julie do amazing. I mean, you guys bring in top-notch comedians week after week. Like, yeah, you don't come to Chuckles and see an off night. No, not it really. Never happens. Hardly ever. And Dude, I, I've been we're here just, five or six times, and every time it's off the charts. I know. You and guys that, are amazing. We really, I mean, we love comedy, we love comedians, and we want um, the comedy experience to be, you know, a real one that they remember, you know, because how great is it when there's a great comedy show happening, you're laughing with your friends, you're enjoying your life, you know, you're, you're forgetting about your shitty job or well, a, whatever it is. A lot of people forget about that energy transfer that happens in a comedy you know, back to physics when you think about it, right? It's, is, you know, we have this ability to affect people's emotions. And a lot of people don't realize how much their emotions can affect their lives, right? Obviously, if you go around with a smile on your face, you know, we all see those people. Most of us fucking hate them. But, you know what? I'm it's, kind it's, of an expert in that area, yeah. actually. What you said about... Um, uh, the, you know how much your mood can affect yeah. your life. Yeah. Um, I'm going through a bit of a renaissance where I'm I'm more positive yeah. and outgoing, and I want to be around people more. I'm going through this weird phase, so it's not comfortable for me because I'm so used to the default negativity, and um, I'm in an interesting experiment. Man, it, and it, isn't that's that life? Exactly what it is? Yeah. Right, and, and that's a beautiful thing about comedy when you think of it, right? You have this amazing time tonight with your friends, you laugh, you giggle. The really beautiful thing is when that person wakes up in the morning. Yeah. Right, their first thought is probably gonna be one of the jokes they heard tonight. Yeah, exactly. And they're gonna start their day off a little bit happier and a little bit less shitty than if they hadn't have come here tonight. Wow, comedy is pretty, important, That's right? a pretty cool yeah. energetic exchange we get that to is. with people. And positive. Exactly, right? Yeah. If you could start somebody's day, finish their night on a great foot, they get up they the next day. They wake up, they're in a good mood. Right, and they're yeah. ready to tackle the day. They, they, they might not beat their dog that much. I just hope that we make somebody's wife happy. <laughs> she wakes up, she's happy, then she's nice to the husband, you know? That's right, that's yeah, right. Yeah, we're doing it for the guys. Yeah, yeah. So, and know, the girls, and I, the guy girls. I've been and everybody. Those, those emotional roller coasters in my life too and, and yeah. I've always come back to comedy to try to find you know just try to find that joy that do you can. have any history of mental illness or depression yep yeah. yeah. um, I was diagnosed probably three or four years ago with uh, high functioning anxiety so right. were you open about it right away or well 
obviously with my wife, right? A lot of, like, it took me probably a year and a half, two years until I put it in the act. I still haven't figured out a way to make make it funny. I think that whole energetic exchange that we just went through, I think there's a bit in there somewhere that I could tie into to mental illness and depression because I right. do think that when you get in a funk, it's really hard to get out of it without a good support structure. I right? agree, yeah. Or a new routine because yeah. it's all about breaking habits. Right, and that's why I'm trying to challenge myself to be positive. Exactly. Right, and it's because not easy when you first go through it. Right? It really, I'm not comfortable. No, I you, you feel have to find that music. <laughs> right, you have to find yeah. that 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 song or that band or that comedian or that yeah. book or, yeah. or 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 right that just helps yeah. you to go. Okay, you know, yeah, it's my head telling me things that aren't true. Yeah, I'm able to look at my life and go. You know what? I've got a lot to be grateful for. And well, dude, like about. people like you are what make me, you know, happier. You know, to, to know that there's other people out there that are, you know, gone through the similar struggles but have overcome them and are doing better. There's, there's the pump truck. There's yeah. the pump truck. Somebody's on fire. That's. Oh, <laughs> oh this show. This show is on <laughs> fire so, at Chuckles Comedy roof, Club. James Mellinger. <laughs> feature act Corey Hartland. Now people can find you on social media. They sure can. They sure can. Corey just, Hartland on just all Corey social Hartland media. On everything. Okay. Um, from LinkedIn to Twitter to the Instagrams. Very easy yeah. to find, and very you're very easy to, easy to talk to, man. Thank oh, you man, for doing I love this. this. Thanks again. Right. Thanks, Thanks for all you do for comedy. Thanks, man. There we go. Hi, Rudy. Yeah, what's up? Hey, man. Rudy Windsor, right? Yeah, Is that how yeah, you say yeah, your name? yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched your show, man. I love your Leo bit. Yeah. That's killer. I love it. I kind of thought that was maybe like, uh, you know, no. some of the least... Funny, funniest stuff, but you thought so. You don't. That's not your favorite. Well, Leo bit. Like, uh, what is the concept of the bit? So there's fifty cents, twenty five cents, and then ten cents, and this guy keeps five cents. He's just got a bum. No matter. It's a true story. It's a story. Absolutely true story. So your friend really happened. Your friend was what's his name? Well, I wouldn't call him a friend. (laughs) Just a guy you knew, Leo. Yeah. And he he was always on the bum. He was bumming. Yes. Leo was always on the bum, and he and he looked like the hunchback of Notre Dame, man. He was like, you know, I don't like, you know. And yeah. he come around. There's a story boys used to tell about him one time. They were selling hot dogs down at the fucking rugby game. And uh, they're selling hot dogs for a dollar, right? And Leo comes up and says, how about 75 cents? <laughs> <laughs> He's haggling. That's haggling and bumming, kind of. You've known some interesting characters over the years, I'm oh, sure. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Oh, man. So, you know, I like the Leo joke, man. I thought that had legs. I thought it, you know... Me and James uh, were fucking really enjoying that bit, you know? It's smart. I think it's like a... Even though it really happened, it feels like a well-written piece. Like, it, it really, really was good. I yeah, like it. I wrote it all out, you know? I, I generally write stuff all out. I was saying to Ali earlier, though, like, you know, who fucking memorizes this shit verbatim? I don't, I don't know if you do. Uh, I don't know if Jerry Seinfeld does. I don't know, like, you know, if these some of these real pro... I, I was... Uh, Ali says, well, well, everyone fucking does. That's what she said to me tonight. She's like, well, people memorize this shit word for word. I was like, I don't know. I was like, Marlon Brando, who who Meryl Streep, I was watching this thing the other day, and Meryl Streep was praising up Marlon Brando as the best actor who ever lived. And this is not to compare, you know, anyone to Marlon Brando, but, like, he apparently never did the script. Always a method actor, right? And he yeah. was always, like, you know... Just sort of ad lib or, or what? I think you know. To me, comedy is about like riffing, ad libbing. Maybe. Yeah. Do you do you think so or? 
I mean, uh, yes and no. I think uh, Allison has a point. Yeah, you should be prepared. But for me, preparing is like, I'll write out a concept. I'll put a couple of things that I think people would laugh at. But then I say it how it's in my heart at that moment. Yes. If I'm in front of the people, exactly. I go, okay. I, you know, because when you're into your Leo story, let's use that as an example, you've got to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. You kind of got to know what the story is, right? And you got to pay attention when you're up there to the moments when people laugh so you can try to recreate that in the future. And, and, and it's a constant editing and, process. And, and just like music, like... I play I, I play a lot of rock music. I've played rock music for the past 20 years now. I played the bars and stuff. I know. I saw your band. Yes. Um, just like music, you feed off an audience, right? And when you get that, you know, when the audience sort of like, got their arms folded and they're just looking at you, like, I mean, you know, you just got to grit your teeth and get through it, right? It's, I, I think the important thing is, like, how you feel about what you did after your thing, right? Like, after your show or whatever. If you feel like you did your best... No, I don't think anyone can take that away from you, you know? Man, the other great line you had was you were talking about someone, one of your delinquent friends or somebody talked about a titty being a dildo, a dildo titty. And then you started saying things, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not saying it word for word, but you said something about, well, geez, anything could be a dildo. <laughs> and you start listing items that could be a dildo, and then you get to a beer. Now, here's the interesting part and why I immediately liked your comedy, because you said... That's no way to treat a beer. <laughs> and they got a huge And that was laugh. something that I just... Did you pay attention to that? That, that got a huge that laugh. That was something that I that. just came up with right there. That on was, the spot. So, on the so, spot. So this so reinforces you, your I'm belief living, right? that the I'm best just... comedies have lived. Like you are so reinforcing I really, that yeah, I you, you, believe You're that, a believer yeah. in that. I believe in that, yeah. I do, I do. I think, yeah. I think a lot That's of... That's Great art is very spontaneous, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I was always a big fan of uh, Jackson Pollock. And the idea that art might create itself, you know, and I mean, old Jackson Pollock believed in uh, tantric circles, and uh, you know, a lot of people think it's fucking bullshit, right? But you know, he would like splat paint on the canvas, and how does the paint move, and you know, art creating itself, and all this. I'm a big believer in that. I think art, art sometimes does create itself if, if you, you know, if you let it. I mean, yeah, man. So this is your first time at Chuckles. Yes, this is my first real gig, like in a professional comedy club. In a professional comedy club. And I exciting, cannot man. believe people, you know... Are, are I'm so happy you got to do that. ...are calling me a professional... I mean, I don't think this makes me a professional by any fucking stretch of the imagination. I think did, I, got, I got a long way you, to go. Did you get paid? I got paid. So that you are now a professional working comedian. I mean, that Jerry Seinfeld said this. He said that comedian is the only job where you go in, you may have never done it before, but once you do it... You're a comedian, no matter how good or bad you are. So you're a comedian the same way that James Mulder is a comedian. Do you know what I mean? It's a weird thing. I yeah. One thing I noticed tonight, like uh, I think uh, the other comics were a lot more boisterous than me. They were perhaps um, like louder, and and everything was a joke. Like joke, it's like bang, 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 bang. Joke, 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 joke. Right? And I really, I learned a lot tonight. I I really respect that. Leo says, you got 50 cents? I say, no, Leo, I don't got 50 cents. And then I say, say I'm like, man, you know, everything seems to be going to shit lately. And, you know, Susan's giving me hell all the time, and I don't want to live at home anymore. Like, I'm fucking 21 years old. 
Fucking parents getting on my nerves and everything sucks. I look at Leo and he says, got 25 cents? <laughs> I say, Leo, what the fuck do you want 25 cents for? He says, I don't know, like, maybe I go get like a pop or something. And I'm like, Leo, I don't got 25 cents. So then I go on a little bit more about, you know, feeling sorry for myself and talking about, you know, my friends and how everything sucks. And I really needed like someone just, you know, to acknowledge and like conversation here. I look over at Leo and he says, you got 10 cents? <laughs> I say, Leo, have you ever like considered the idea of like having a conversation with someone where you don't ask them for something every fucking time you see someone you uh, you just have this nature of bumming like every time you fucking see someone you gotta you just see like a quarter or some fucking shit man and it's really annoying I'm like man if you like could just stop doing that for fucking ten minutes you could have like a real relationship with people you could have like friends. Maybe even a girlfriend, you know? And I look over at Leo, he, he looks kind of like forlorn, and almost like I kind of got through to him. And he looks over at me and he says, You got five cents? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm gonna leave you with some uh, philosophical, some deep philosophical questions I've been considering lately. Me and my friend uh, were, were discussing the other day. Well, I told him I had a present for him. You see, I made him this this very nice framed picture of of him and his friend. That's kind of gay, I know, but uh, I said I said to him, I said, Sean, I got a present for you. He says, Is it a breast dildo? Like mean, Sean's a really weird guy, right? I said I said, What the fuck is a breast dildo? He's like, you know, it's like when you shove a tit up your ass. So I'm like, so this gets me think. so I'm like, okay. So if I shove a tit up my ass, that makes it a dildo? So at what point does, like I started thinking about all kinds of things. So like, if I shove a loony up my ass, does that make that a dildo? And like, at what point does something cease to be the said object it was before? And become a dildo. Like, what if, like, I know if I shove a cucumber up my ass, that's probably a good, like, a version of a dildo. But, like, what if I only, like, shoved it halfway in or, like, just kind of, like, you know, went around the rim a little bit or something? Is it a dildo just because, even if I entertain the idea of fucking sticking it in there, does that make it a dildo? Like, you know, what, what, can a chair be a dildo? Is, is a beer can a dildo? I suppose if you could get it up there, I mean, you know, put enough fucking lube on it. Or, Pretty bad way to treat a beer. <laughs> if you ask me. I think, you know, I got a long way to go. I think, you know, I was listening I was listening to CBC Radio the other day at work. I I, I work as a line cook mostly in my life. Um, and uh, I was listening to CBC Radio. As I as I do all the fucking time. I was listening to CBC Radio. And uh the comics come on, right? You know, the comics come on on Saturday or whatever, or yeah. maybe Sunday, I don't know. And uh, this guy comes on, and it's like, I was like, fuck, man, this guy, like, just related a hundred things to each other at one time, you know what I mean? Like, this dude's clever. Really? Your motherfucker.
What up, motherfuckers? My boy Josh. Hey, Josh. Josh boy. Hey. Hey, we're doing a podcast. You're, you're on virtual podcast. What, what's your name? Josh, man. Josh, you're uh, friends with Rudy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, said, man, Rudy's and you're friends with Rudy. Hey, you got a backpack full of beer. Okay. So That's sweet, man. I, like I love that. <laughs> You're gonna have a good time exactly tonight. Exactly what it is. What it <laughs> is. And it keeps it cold. Yeah. yeah That's cool, the man. shit. They, you two put a little like last, cool pack year. on there, like. I was. I didn't have no ice. I'm like, oh, but I'm like. It's See that at Walmart? Cool. They got those ice packs for like a dollar twenty-five. Fucking throw one in there. Keep it nice and cold. Even the party ice had the urbans or something. Yeah. Fucking throw that in there. That's free. Awesome. Well, nice to meet you guys. I don't want to go in there because there's too many people for my liking. Oh, uh, well, they're they're coming out now. The show's over, so they'll be coming out. I'm going to go to the Grove. You guys should pop in, man. If Rock yeah, on, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 maybe we will. Cool. It's cheap as fuck. It's like 10 bucks a picture. Good to see you, bro. Yeah. Good to see you, man. Good to meet you. Josh. What's your name again? Shane. Shane. Josh, man. Yeah, what's your name? Yeah, Trent. Trent. Nice to meet you, man. <laughs> Bro down. Yeah, boys. Bro down. Yeah, boys. <laughs> the boys. That's the so boys. The, that's the boys, huh? So, anyways, well, what the fuck were we talking about? Oh, uh, we were talking about comedy and art and all kinds of things that, that we're interested in. But uh, uh, you, were, you were watching the comedians on CBC. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was listening to, this, I was listening to the, the fucking CBC radio. I was like, do all the fucking time. And uh, this guy comes on, and, and he fucking related like a hundred things to each other at once. And I thought the guy was brilliant. And I'm like, holy fuck. I was like, man, you know, I got to, you know, you got to really... St- Step up your fucking game, Rudy, man. Like, some of these comedians are, are, are like, just genius. And then this other guy comes on afterwards, and he's doing this bit about being bald, and I'm like, this guy's pathetic. I can do better than this. So I don't mean to, like, you know, I don't mean to say it's, I mean, it's a matter of taste sometimes, I think, you know. With with music, for sure, and with comedy. And I think a lot of people do, stuff that's very relatable you know what I mean like people talk about their kids and they talk like I I think Corey Hartland is a very relatable comic like he gets up there and talks about being a parent and and, and he he relates to the audience a lot better than I do and stuff like I I'm I'm a fucking punk rocker man I you know I played the bars the last 20 years Um, and maybe you know I'm sure these people don't find that so relatable but doesn't mean that it ain't funny that's right that's right like shit's funny it's funny, and you know exactly what I'm saying. Man, when you when you did that uh, fucking that's no way to treat a beer, I mean, <laughs> fuck, dude. I laughed as hard as any joke I've ever laughed. You know what I mean? So you're right. Uh, more to your point, uh, when people see you on stage, you don't look like them. You don't sound like them. You're you don't they don't have your experience as a, as a musician or as a comedian. Um, you know. And you're an interesting-looking cat. You get the Buddy Holly glasses and the jean jacket and buttons. You know, you, you look punk rock. Well, I wanted, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't want to pretend that I'm not what who I am. I mean, I am who I am. When I went but up, people at, love that. When, when I went authentic. up in St. John High, yeah. You know, I said the first thing I said to you is that I know I look like a biker, but I rode the bus here tonight. I, I think. You, I mean, I think you should open with it. It's a, funny, man. With a hot joke, right? You know what I mean? You open with a hot joke, but like I'm, the place I'm coming from, man. Like, I, the guys that I, like, am inspired by, comedian-wise, are mostly, like, Mitch Hedberg and Rodney Dangerfield, you know. And Legends, they're, and they're man. Very, they're Legends. Very, but they're very old school now, man. I mean, nobody does yeah. that style anymore, I don't think. And, and I guess, you know, and that's fine. But, you know, these are guys that told jokes. You yeah, know what I mean? Man. Yeah, real I think jokes. I'd, I'd like to get back to that a lot because, like, I write a lot of corny jokes. 
And I'd like to tell them, and I don't really give a fuck if people laugh at them or not. I mean, you know, it's like... They'll laugh at some of them. It's like, man... They'll, they'll find that one that they <laughs> like, man. Like, I, you know, I like, found your beer can joke. You know what I mean? So it's like, they, they pick what they like. As long as you're switching gears all the time, you know what I mean? This one's kind of like this because I had this experience. And you're relating one, things yeah. to relating and, things. And, and even if they don't relate to it, maybe it'll be funny. If they don't find that funny, they might find the next one funny and so on, right? You, t- you, watch, you watch Ronnie Dangerfield and tell me that there's a comedian like that out there right now. No way. No way. No way. And there wasn't one. even one before him. Yeah. He was that guy that went joke, 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 joke. He, ca- yeah. he referred to himself as an insult comic because he, he would... Like mostly tell a bunch of fucking insults, but yeah. there were jokes. Like joke, Man, fuck, joke, I, joke, when, joke, it, joke, joke. When I do listen to Rodney Dangerfield, like on YouTube or something, I laugh the whole fucking time. I love it. Yeah, I love those remarkable jokes. person. And you yeah. know, he worked as a he worked as an aluminum uh, siding salesman. Yeah, and he didn't even get big until he was like sixty. And he or was something. like really old. Yeah, and people kept telling him, "Man, you're fucking really funny, man. Like you should fucking." do this shit he bombed as a comic for years as, as did James and James Mullins will tell you that, that, that oh yeah I've, seen, Ch- him, Dave, I've seen him bomb in the early Dave days Dave Chappelle yeah. bombed he's seen me bomb <laughs> Dave Chappelle bombed at the, yeah. at the Apollo of all places like that's supposed to be his yeah. people man Kevin Hart used to have a comedian um, that was mean to him throwing phone books at the stage you know making a short joke you know what I mean mm. just being dicks yeah. he's trying to he's out there and you know how hard it is to get on that stage. He's out there when he was new. And he's trying to be funny, you know, and he's bombing. And these guys are throwing a fucking phone book at him. Like, there you go, you short piece of shit or whatever. You know, just taking the piss out of him. They they thought it was harmless. But that, man, that must have fucking fed his fire. And now he's fucking flying helicopters to gigs and fucking selling I'm, out big stadiums. I'm and, sure, you know. And, and this is sort of a, a sad Note, I guess. I, I I apologize. I know this is supposed to be funny, or, or I don't know, maybe, maybe not at all. It's not, it's, I'm just talking frank, to people. A frank yeah. conversation. I'm sure a lot of people were destroyed by that stuff, man. People that are probably actually very funny and very clever. I I my measure of a comedian or anything really, music, art, is like how clever is this? Like how what sort of you know uh, inspired idea led to this? You know what I mean? Mm. Like how inspired is this person? Does this, is, you know, does this person have something meaningful to say, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I could go on about that all night, but... <laughs> well, man, I love talking to you. Thank yeah, you for talking to me. Yeah, I And uh, it. if people are looking to see your comedy, they can find you around St. John, New Brunswick at yeah. the open mics. Yeah. And your name's Rudy Windsor. Yeah. And, uh, man, it was great, great to see you on stage and great to talk to you off stage. Yeah, I'll be up again tomorrow night. Uh, and... I hope to get more shows and just, you know, work on my material and, you know, uh, it's not a hope you're doing it, man. Well, that's great, man. I, I, man <laughs> you know, I gotta tell you, like, uh, listen, like I probably the person, people that I heard laugh the most were you and James Mullinger. <laughs> we loved it. And fucking Francois and Corey Hartland, <laughs> you know, over in the room. Beside the stage, it's pretty I awesome. Kept when you guys can make la- comedians I kept, laugh. I kept hearing you guys laugh, and yeah, that, yeah. I, man, that, like you know, that got me through. So that's awesome. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> You're welcome, Rudy. Nice <laughs> talking to you.